Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Walters Wandering Travel Podcast. My name is Scott Walters, and I'm here today with a very special guest. We're going to talk about something we probably would not have talked about three years ago or maybe even two years ago to any length, and that is travel insurance and the necessity and need for travel insurance. So here is my uh, special that goes along with this podcast. If you purchase a travel insurance policy uh, through me, um, for your upcoming trip, I will give you a $25 travel credit that you can use for future travel on a trip you take later on. So that's simple enough. And we bring on our uh, guest. His name is Jeremy Piroff. He's from Generali Insurance. Um, they do travel insurance. They do other insurance, I believe, as well. But we're talking about the travel side of things because that's what we're here for on the Walters Wandering Travel Podcast. Jeremy. Hello, and how are, how are you doing today, Scott? I'm better than the weather, and we just uh, got rid of some biblical uh, proportion rains yesterday. I had Noah next door. My next door neighbor, he was hammering, but he stopped, so it's all good. You know, we're, we're all good. I think so, that was that atmospheric rain or whatever they were saying, the bomb monsoon. Yes, the bomb, Genesis, the bomb cyclones. The, the, they like to, the, the, the hype is incredible these days on that, but that's enough. So, Generali Insurance, talk to us about the company, um, its uh, background, and and uh, about some of the products travelers. Okay. Yeah, so Generali Global Assistance uh, has been around since the 1830s, uh, started out as an assistance provider. We're, that's the big thing Generali prides itself on is the assistance service side of the business. So then there's CSA travel protection. If you see CSA generally, it's all us. So CSA started out as the travel protection line of the business in 1991. About 10 years ago, generally purchased CSA. So generally is our parent company underwriter. Uh, so they underwrite all the policies. We handle everything in house with us from the assistance to the claims to the customer service. So everything's all us. Uh, through through uh, through through us when you're purchasing it, you're not you're not going out through anybody else. But we do also have some additional lines, such as like identity theft is something that we do offer as standalone products. Um, I mean, if you're going on even besides just the regular travel agent business, we have our vacation rental side of the business. So people might have come across us through that side. So we do do a lot when it comes to the the travel industry. Well, that's very interesting. Um... And uh, that's a very long history too. Um, yes. So I think there's there's something to be said about that. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Um, now let's talk about some of the uh, types of travel insurance travelers need to buy. But before we actually get to that, I think we need to discuss some of the misconceptions out there that people might have about travel insurance. Um, I think the number one misconception is people sometimes say to me. Oh, I don't need travel insurance. It's already covered under my own other insurance plan. Can you address that particular conundrum for us? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to your own medical insurance, that's typically what people are referring to. That medical insurance is going to cover me if I get sick or injured on their trip. Sometimes that's not always the case, depending on the plan. We know Medicare being something that if you're traveling outside the U coverage for, um, even if you have a Blue Cross, Blue Shield, United Healthcare, Kaiser, whoever that provider is, some of those providers don't provide benefits. Maybe they uh, provide a lot lower benefits than what you normally would. So there's more out-of-pocket expense, more out-of-pocket risk that you have, especially if you're traveling internationally. 
And then even domestically, there's some people that they have co-pays, deductibles, different things like that, that they're going to have out-of-pocket expenses. Even if they're traveling here and something happens, they're going to have those expenses. They put it through their medical, whereas with, we're helping, we're covering those out-of-pocket expenses for you as long as it's due to a covered event. We understand that. We'll get to the what's the covered event and what's not in a minute. Yes. The next misconception is, oh, I don't need travel insurance. My credit card offers me protection. Yes. So with the credit card, I mean, the credit cards, they're in the business of making money off of you spending your money. They make money off of you uh, having your money there and collecting that interest off of you if you're not paying your card off at the statement date. That's where they're making their money. So the travel insurance is a you know, good ad to get you to spend some more of your money. But those limits, you're going to have to really see what's covered, what's not covered. A lot of the medical and the evacuation limits are lower combined limit. So if you have somebody that needs to get evacuated off of a cruise ship, that'll pretty much use that plus all the other hospitalization type stuff that goes in there. So it's definitely something to be be aware of. Um, even if you have to stay longer, a lot of those prepaid, they're, not, they're only going to cover prepaid expenses. So if someone gets hurt, needs to stay longer and they have additional COVID being one of them, um, there's, there's times that there's no coverage for, for things like that if you're just going through your credit card. So, all right, you brought up the word COVID. I guess we need to talk about that because that's what everyone's talking about. Um, I know that I, you know, we are traveling now and we know that COVID does sort of hang over us. And we understand that, and we either choose to travel or we choose not to. So I fully understand. I'm fully aware um, from my vantage point. Um, I have traveled. I traveled last year before there was any vaccine to Mexico. Um, I actually felt safer there than going to my Costco that's a mile down the road from where I live. True story. From from the moment I got into the town car to take me to the airport to the moment I arrived back in my house, I felt safe and secure. Protocols are being followed. It was it was a it was a glorious week of uh, learning new stuff for me. Um, my family were we're planning two cruises coming up, one the day after Christmas, and we're going again in February on two different cruise lines. And we understand that each cruise line has, uh, will make our way through, and we'll do the right thing, um, and we'll, we'll get it done, and uh, we'll still have a great time. So when it comes to COVID um, and travel insurance. I guess we need to know what, what's, what's covered, what's not covered, how do we know it's covered, and, and what's the difference from your company, Generali, versus other companies out there? Yeah, well, with COVID, we provide coverage for COVID the same as any other sickness, illness would be from a coverage perspective. So your clients, they, they need to have the policy in effect. So policy does need to be in effect. And then as long as they go take a test, get that positive COVID test, if that's a reason for cancellation, Coverage is available for something like that. Now, if someone's traveling, they're traveling international, they need to take that COVID test 72 hours before they arrive back home. They take that test, they get a positive. Then there's coverage for interruption, delay, medical evacuation if they need it as well, is all covered while they're needing to be quarantined and get back here to the US. So from a coverage perspective, we treated this the flu or bronchitis or any kind of a a sickness coverage perspective, it's held the same way. But there's no coverage for fear of travel. I'm afraid I'm going to go and catch COVID. Uh, that's not covered. Governmental bans, restrictions, there's no coverage for that as well. 
So if there's anything, especially with the vaccinations now, that a specific country requires a vaccination, you have somebody who's not vaccinated, and that's the reason that they're canceling because they don't meet those requirements, something like that's not covered. Um, another thing that we've been getting a lot more is uh, vaccination questions. To us, if you catch COVID, whether you're vaccinated or not, it doesn't matter from a coverage perspective. We look at it as as long as your policy is getting into vaccinated versus unvaccinated, we don't get into that. It's just if that's part of the requirements to get into a certain country, uh, there's, there's no coverage for something like that. So basically what you're saying then is if you're not vaccinated and, and are, go, are going somewhere and all of a sudden, the, even if it's after you've booked a trip and, and, and bought the insurance, if there's a change and uh, they, they say that perhaps you need a vaccination or come on our cruise ship or whatever and uh, you don't do it, then you if you cancel, there's, there's this tough luck for terminology. Yeah, unfortunately, yes, um, since it does fall under those requirements needed for entry. Um, I mean, it is something if you have somebody, we could always work with them with getting their premiums refunded back to them. But just if they're looking to cancel and they're out of money because of that, just unfortunately, something like that's not covered. I mean, it's similar to even before COVID. I know there were certain countries that did require certain vaccines to get into them to begin with. So similar to that and similar to like, you know, passport, say you forget your passport. Fortunately, you know, something like that's not covered because you're not meeting the requirements for entry in the country. Yeah, you, be, you, you, know, you better have that passport. You better have the visas for those countries ready to go. Exactly. Now, there basically we have different, there's different levels of coverage. Um, and I think it's important for people to know um, what some of the dollar amounts are as far as what you can get reimbursed. And also, um, let's walk through the whole process. Say something happens. Say I break a leg on my crew, right? And I'm in Nassau and I break a leg on my crew, okay? And I have to go to the Nassau General Hospital to get the uh, cast on. And I miss the boat because, well, it takes a while to get through you know, the emergency room and all. And, uh, you know, I have to fly back to New York um, because I broke my leg. Um, how does that all work? How does it work as far as the claim process goes? I think it's important for people to understand exactly what's going to be paid out of pocket, what the reimbursement is, what the time frames are, and all of that. Yeah, so if, um, anything that does happen, of course, as long as it's a covered event, I can't, you know, make that determination, all that determination is made by claims based on the information that is submitted to claims. Um, but in a, in a situation like that it happens, client goes to the hospital, they can always call us and say, if, if they're in a certain city and say, hey, I broke my leg, can you get, what's a hospital in the area, I need to get a cast on there, we can give them uh, facilities in the area that they can go to. They go to that facility and, you know, they get that cast put on, get their discharge paperwork. They will go ahead through their medical or they can um, pay it on the front end. But if it's something that's, you know, they can't cover, it's, you know, it's too expensive, whatever it may be, they can always call us. We can handle that payment on the front end and deal with everything with the claim. Um, but your client, they go ahead, they put it through their medical, they pay for it, they get discharged. Now they go ahead and submit a claim. Um, our claim forms are on csaclaims.com, so claims with an S. 
can view all the claims forms on that website, download them, submit the claim. Claim goes over to our uh, claims department. Clients get an email that says who their claim rep is, when it is assigned, and then if there's any information that's a back and forth, maybe there's items that are not clear, we need additional information, the claim rep will uh, request that. If there's nothing additional and everything we have everything, then they'll get that determination approved or denied. And even if it is denied, uh, say it's something you know denied because we're missing some kind of a paperwork, we can always reopen a claim as well and say, hey, well, no, I do have this paperwork. I just forgot to submit it or whatever it may be is um, you can do that. And you know, then the, the, the claims handleridge pay out the highest claims in the industry. Um, just compared to our competitors, uh, we we try to turn around their claims as as quick as possible. Um, we do have an average turnaround time of 18 days, so it, it does depend. If it is something that's you know very cut and dry, you know that it was a travel delay. Here's all your receipts. Here's the information submitted to us. I've heard of claims that have been turned around within the week. So as long as we have all that information, we're not going to hold your client's money hostage. We're going to get it paid out get paid to them well that doesn't sound that that actually sounds encouraging in a way obviously it's a matter of dotting the i's crossing the t's and have all of your evidence um you know having had a a, a claim against a, a certain theme park in florida where i broke my forearm i can tell you the the process there was much more uh, lengthy and lugubrious than than working uh, through through generality so i can tell you that right off the bat um now what about a frequent traveler, someone who goes on, I guess what I want to say is we, not only are there policies for individual trips, but there are policies that are more of an annualized in nature. So um, we don't have anything that's an annual plan for that's a, a you know, a direct to consumer or any kind of consumer plans that are annual. Um, the only thing is we have an agent plan like for yourself. That we have for our partners as an annual plan, but nothing that's consumer based. So, so consumers would pay based on each trip. Correct. And the basic cost is, I, I as I price these things out, it looks like the basic cost for travel insurance tends to run about eight percent, more or less, of the trip cost. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good ballpark. So for for that for that amount of money, you get peace of mind, especially if. You fall into some of those categories we discussed earlier about someone who's maybe a little bit older, who's on a Medicare, but still travels, people who are going out of the country, um, specifically more than in the country, because there are other costs and other things we have to worry about. And um, also when it comes to, uh, you know, any kind of trip that's, you know, more, more lengthy in nature, if you're going on a three-day weekend somewhere, travel insurance might be a bit frivolous. It's still perhaps necessary because you might have a condition that would warrant it, but um, you know, if you're going on a somewhere, um, it might be more worthwhile. Now, when it comes to the premiums and paying them, I guess what I what I want to get to is um, when can you purchase the travel insurance and have it be an effect for your trip? So the insurance, it, it can be purchased up until the day before departure. So you can always purchase it up until the day before departure. But if you are looking for things such as coverage for pre-existing conditions, that does need to be purchased prior to or within 24 hours of final payment. 
as long as travelers are medically able to travel, and then 100% of the prepaid non-refundable trip costs are covered. As long as those requirements are met uh, within final payment, you'll have the cover the pre-existing conditions. Those those are just the, the big ones um, from a time frame wise. You can always purchase it right around deposit, before deposit. If you're making deposits, can purchase for you know, that deposit and then increase each time just by final payment. You need to have that full 100% of those trip costs covered to receive that pre-ex coverage. But if you don't care about the pre-existing condition coverage up until the day before departure. Um, another thing just with the COVID to kind of, you know, touch on that a little bit, if there is somebody that's waiting, if you go the same day, if you purchase your policy in the same day, go take your COVID test and you get a positive, something like that would be denied just because the policy always goes in effect the day after purchase. So if you have some, if you're waiting until that last minute, just in case is purchase it at least a day before taking that COVID test, just in case a positive comes back. It sounds like some of my Groupon offers where I have to wait 24 hours before I use them. So right. it's, it's not much different than that. And it sort of makes sense only because there's paperwork that has to be done on your end and, and all of that, 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 that in order for it to be processed and, and, and fully made into a thing. It's just like, it's not like, uh, you know, you're, you're going to buy, uh, you know, a, a hot dog from the hot dog vendor. It's, it's just, it's not that kind of transaction. Yes. Um, so um, I guess, what I want to ask now is, what are the what what do you see as the trends in travel insurance? What would you be uh, telling people um, as far as what to look for if there's any going to be any changes in uh, the how travel insurance is dealt with and all of that? I mean, just I guess some of the trends we've been seeing in the industry as we've been seeing more, you know, domestic travel versus the international travel. The international travel starting to pick back a, up a little bit more. I think as people are, um, you know, just, I guess, more used to COVID and the restrictions and what they need to do to travel, they maybe feel a little more comfortable and not sure, but we are starting to see some of that pick up. I mean, from from us, from a, a coverage perspective, there, there really isn't much change from pre-COVID to post, so to say. Um, we haven't, we hadn't had to um, some updates or modifications to our policies, but there's nothing that's imminent with that because there's a lot of back and forth with the Department of Insurance um, to make changes. So just as of right now, um, with us, there there's not much updates um, just with the COVID. I mean, the COVID, just having the COVID, that's just a new thing. But other than that, it's everything's kind of status quo for us, so to say. So before we leave, do you have any uh, amusing or funny stories of a insurance claim that, that someone has made that you, you couldn't help but laugh at because it was one of those things that was, oh my gosh, that is actually funny that, that someone en encountered on a vacation? Um, let's see. Let me try to think. I know I don't really see the claims too much, so, so it's hard to really have some of those stories. I'm trying to think of some of them that, that I've heard just throughout the years. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm, I, and that, you put me on the spot, and I'm like, drawing, I'm sorry, that was my gotcha question. But, you know, <laughs> I, I couldn't help but asking. But yeah, if you're not in the claims department, you're not going to get so many of those funny stories, I suppose. But you know, I I watch some of these shows, like um, you know, one that one that I watch and sometimes chuckle at is "Sex Sent Me to the ER," 
And I was hoping that maybe you would have some kind of story like that where, where something really unusual happened of some poor person while they were on a vacation that otherwise is inexplicable. But if you don't, it's okay. Like I said, I broke my forearm at a very famous uh, uh, theme park uh, in Florida um, that's not Universal and not SeaWorld. You know, so I mean, I had, I had my moments dealing with people. Yeah. I actually didn't deal with the insurance part, but I dealt with the claims department of said company. And like I said, it was a very long and lugubrious process, but I prevailed in the end because I did my due diligence. As soon as I fell down, I took pictures of where I fell down. You know, I got all my you know paperwork in a row, and you know, there you go. And I, I think those are the most important things. When when something yeah. happens, make sure you document it. So this way, it's easier. For the insurance company to be able to handle it and deal with it and say and give you a thumbs up rather than a thumbs down. Yeah, as that's they do it as much information documentation you can get during that situation. I know sometimes it's not the first thing on the mind if you know you fell down and broke your leg, but or whatever it may be. But as much of that supporting information documentation you could have makes it so much easier for the claim. I mean, I could tell you a. a crazy kind of situation that happened to myself with a claim that was a, that was approved. Uh, we had, this was a couple months back, we were flying San Diego to Philly. We have our kids with us. We're checking some of the stuff with the kids, strollers, and we're, we actually didn't do a stroller. My wife's seen people take a wagon before in the airport, like one of those. Oh my. Uh-huh. So she was like, yeah, we're, we're fine. We should be able to do it. And we get there and the airline goes, nope, you need to check that. And it's not free because it's not a stroller. So you got to pay for it. So like, okay, that's fine. We'll pay for it. And on there, on the the, weight, the scale, tells us our weight's over. So we take some items out of that, put it in the other bag. My wife gives her boarding pass, gives her credit card that she has to the airline attendant. You know, everything's good. Get the tag, get, get everything back, put it, go, go get to our destination. Now we have our car seats, we have our luggage. Now we're looking for the bag that has the wagon in it. So we're like, we can't find it, or maybe it's oversized, we're talking to them. They look up our last name, they go, oh yeah, there's four bags. Uh, you should have got all four, but my dad was with us at the time and he checked the bag and we're like, no, his bag has nothing to do with our bag. So it ends up that my wife pulls out the receipt she got from the airline and she looks at it and goes, this is probably why has somebody else's name that we have no clue oh my goodness is on the receipt but the last four is her card number <gasps> so at least you know at least we had i guess that proof to say hey it's us go to the airline asking for it short and that bag followed that guy to where he was going Cleveland through chicago we got the bag back like uh two three days later you know, had some, had, we had some clothes for our kids in there. So we bought some additional clothes and stuff. And it, it was just a runaround going through the airline because we'd have to each say, it's under this guy's name, but it's our bag. Here's the situation. Here's what happened. Oh my goodness. Story over and over and over again to the airline until we finally got the bag back. And then, you know, the hundred dollars in items we got for the kids filed a claim and it was approved. So that was a new situation to me. I mean, luckily the guy had no clue that he had a check bag under his name because somebody could have went and took this bag because it was. Oh yeah, of course, of course, and, and and he probably he might not even had any check luggage at all, and he goes off the plane, you know, at O'Hare, off to wherever, and and uh, and that yeah. thing is sitting somewhere in some uh, room unattended. Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so that was a, a new one for me. Well, that is a new one. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking some time to be on and uh, and uh, give us uh, the download, the, the, the lowdown, rather, on all things insurance. I think it's really important that we talk about this and have this conversation. And I'm sure that the, this will be a podcast I'll be sending out to all of my prospective insurance policy uh, for your upcoming trip. I will get you a $25 um, uh, future travel credit for a future trip that you take with Walter's Wandering Travel. Jeremy, thank you so much. And I thank, thank everyone for being on board with the Walter's Wandering Travel podcast. We'll have another episode soon.